0: You are listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From November the 3rd, 2019, at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. And all who saw it began to grumble and said, He's gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. And then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. If you steal my car on Monday, and you get saved on Tuesday, and you're still driving my car on Wednesday... Did you really get saved? This is a question that my friend, Reverend Dr. Kevin Cosby, likes to pose. Dr. Cosby is a preacher, a pastor of a megachurch in Louisville, Kentucky, predominantly black church. He's also the president of an HBCU, an historic black college and university. And for over two years, a group of white pastors and I had... The privilege to sit at the feet of Dr. Cosby as Dr. Cosby helped us white pastors try to see a little bit the world through the lens of the African-American experience, especially the experience of an American descendant of slavery. And one of the things that Dr. Cosby helped us see is the systemic injustice that perpetuates the gap in education, in wealth, in opportunity, between descendants of slaves and most of the white folks that you and I know. And this story of Zacchaeus is one of Dr. Cosby's very favorite stories. And the story of Zacchaeus is is this: Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And a tax collector was a Jew who was basically a traitor against his own people because he would be collecting taxes from his fellow people to give to the Roman oppression. And the system was, uh, the the Rome was able to um, enlist Jews to do this because they said, listen, you give us our part and you can collect anything above our part and keep it for yourself. You can become rich that's how Rome was able to enlist Jews to turn against their fellow man and do this. And so Zacchaeus, as a tax collector, would skim off the top, give what Rome needed to Rome, skim off the top for himself, and as a chief tax collector, he had guys working under him. And so not only was he skimming off the top for himself, but he was skimming off the top of all the guys who worked under him. Zacchaeus was the chief thief. His people knew him as a traitor, an extortionist, and though he was quite wealthy, he was really unpopular. Dr. Cosby likes this story because it sets up the idea that Jesus and Jesus' friends, the fellow Jews, were victims of a systemic injustice. And injustice happened then, injustice has always happened, and injustice continues to happen today. But something happened to Zacchaeus on the way to the bank. A fellow named Jesus was passing through town. And Jesus had grown quite a reputation by this time as a teacher, a healer, a prophet. And so it would be like, like say Tom Cruise was walking down Mandalay. I know I would want to catch a glimpse. Would you maybe want to go see if you could see Tom Cruise's in town? And so Jesus was passing through, and Zacchaeus was interested. He wanted to catch a glimpse of this guy that was becoming pretty famous. And so he was short, as the Bible tells us, and so he couldn't push through the crowd, maybe because of a result of his stature, or maybe because the people were like, oh, Zacchaeus, we're not going to let him through. But Zacchaeus was a pretty industrious fellow, so he simply ran ahead and shimmied up a tree. He didn't have much of a reputation to salvage, and so what's one more disgrace for a grown man to climb a tree? And you know how the story goes. As Jesus passes by, maybe somebody in the crowd says, that's Zacchaeus up there in the tree. (laughs) Look at all Zacchaeus in a tree. Or maybe just Jesus just knew, who knows, we don't know, but whatever the case, Jesus looks up in the tree and says, Zacchaeus, I choose you. I'm going to your house. Jesus knew who Zacchaeus was, no doubt about it. He knew what a disgrace he had been. He knew his reputation. He knew how he had turned against his own people to profit. And yet Jesus chose this wealthy traitor and honored him above all the rest in the city of Jericho that day. Jesus saw him for who he was. He looked across the crowd. He chose Zacchaeus. He accepted him. And Zacchaeus was saved. How do we know Zacchaeus was saved? Well, we know what happened after that encounter, when Jesus saw him, chose him, and accepted him. Zacchaeus said to Jesus, Look, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone, I will pay them back four times, Lord, four times what I have defrauded them of. And then Jesus' response, there in front of the crowd and everybody, Jesus says, All right, people. Today's salvation has come to this man's house because he too is the son of Abraham. See, the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. Jesus saw him, Jesus chose him, Jesus accepted him, and Zacchaeus was saved. The other reason that my friend Dr. Cosby loves this passage is that not only does it point to a systemic injustice that Jesus experienced, it pointed to one who was willing to change not only himself, but the system the system that oppressed Jesus and the other Jews. Zacchaeus got it. Some of us still don't get it today, even today. Yet there are some Christians who are beginning to get it. Just this week, NPR told a story about Princeton Theological Seminary. Princeton recently... Uh, set up a 27 million dollar endowment for reparations to give scholarships to black students not only that to be, uh, to establish a black church studies why did they 27 million not chump change for some of you but not for me maybe The reason they decided to do it, here's what the president said. They had a historical audit that showed that the seminary had benefited from the slave economy, both through investments in southern banks and from donors who profited from slavery. The seminary president went on to say this, As a theology school, we use the language of confession to acknowledge our complicity with slavery. And Princeton Theological Seminary isn't the only seminary doing this. Virginia Theological Seminary in Alexandria, Virginia, recently set up an endowment as well. This is the flagship seminary of the Episcopal Church in the United States. They set up a fund because slaves help build their campus, and their endowment fund will go specifically to the descendants of the slaves who help build their seminary campus. Here's what their seminary president explained. This is the seminary recognizing that along with repentance for past sin, there's also a need for action. A need for action. Zacchaeus didn't just say he was sorry for all that he had done. He was going to act to change the system that he was complicit in. One of the criticisms of the church, Christians in America, is that, is that we are so individual, that our faith is so about us. We make it personal, but oftentimes American Christianity, we fail to recognize that it's corporate, that faith is is more than a personal experience, but a corporate way of living. And we love this little story, this, uh, the, the story of Zacchaeus, the Wee little man who climbed up in a tree, you know, the little song da, 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 for the Lord he wanted to see. And and we love the little story, and children love the story about this short little guy who climbed a tree. It's so cute. But if we are to grow in faith, Zacchaeus must grow up with us. We begin to see Zacchaeus is more than a wee little guy in a tree, but one who was willing to change not only himself, but his part in the system of oppression. So what about your faith today? Is it just personal? Is it Jesus loves me, this I know? Or has it grown to be mature so that you could sing Jesus loves us, this I know? From me to us, a mature faith metamorphosizes from personal to corporate, from self to systems. Is your faith there? Mine's getting there, getting there. The beauty of the table is as we receive the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, we take it into ourselves. We become one with Christ and all of humanity. There is no me and them, there is no him and us and her, it's all one in the universal body of Christ of which we get to be a part. And so as you receive the bread and the cup today, may your thinking about faith and may your love for Christ expand beyond what Christ has done for us but what Christ can do for the world through us. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.